This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. It is Friday, September 16th, and this is People Every Day. Hello, everyone. Janine Rubenstein here. And in the immortal words of Rebecca Black, it's Friday. (laughs) It's another busy day out there in the world as the UK moves forward with plans for Queen Elizabeth's funeral on Monday. Fashion Week just wrapped up in New York, and there were some major standout moments, including reports of Lil Nas X making Anna Wintour smile in public. Incredible. (laughs) So with all of that in mind, let's catch you up to speed on some of the major headlines. Kicking things off with the scandal surrounding Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre. According to an investigative report from Mississippi Today, Brett Favre and ex-Mississippi Governor Phil Bryant allegedly plotted together to use welfare funds meant for poor residents in Mississippi to build a new volleyball stadium. Newly unearthed text messages between the two revealed how the longtime Packers QB and the former governor allegedly collaborated to funnel at least $5 million of the state's welfare funds to build new volleyball facilities at the University of Southern Mississippi, where Favre's daughter just happens to play volleyball. The text messages were filed Monday as part of Mississippi's ongoing lawsuit over incorrectly used welfare funds. An attorney representing nonprofit founder Nancy New, who has already pled guilty to 13 felony counts of bribery, fraud, and racketeering for taking part in the scheme, uh, submitted the text messages. And you guys, the correspondences don't sound too good. In August 2017, Favre texted Nancy New, quote, if you were to pay me, is there any way the media can find out where it came from and how much? End quote. Which I have to say, reading that now as a member of the media feels pretty ironic. So then New responded in part with, no, we never have had that information publicized, end quote. I will add, until now. She later followed up with another message that referenced the ex-governor, texting Favre, Wow, just got off the phone with Phil Bryant. He is on board with us. We will get this done. So neither Bryant nor Favre have yet to be charged with a crime, but for her part, New has pled guilty to 13 felony counts following the scam. Favre's attorney told Mississippi Today that the former NFL star did not know that the funding came from the state's welfare fund. You know we will be keeping an eye on this one as it continues to unfold. Model and cookbook author Chrissy Teigen is pregnant again, as we know, and in the past, she famously detailed the heartbreaking miscarriage she suffered back in 2020. Teigen and husband John Legend revealed that in September of 2020, they lost a pregnancy, their son Jack, at 20 weeks due to complications, and at the time, they said it was a miscarriage. But yesterday, speaking at a public function, Teigen spoke about the lost pregnancy in new detail and referred to it as a life-saving abortion. The model initially said, quote, two years ago when I was pregnant with Jack, John and my third child, I had to make a lot of difficult and heartbreaking decisions. It became very clear around halfway through that he would not survive and that I wouldn't either without any medical intervention. She continued discussing her miscarriage and then took a moment and said, 
let's just call it what it was. It was an abortion, an abortion to save my life for a baby that had absolutely no chance. And to be honest, I never, ever put that together until actually a few months ago. Tegan joins other stars who have opened up about their own abortions like Cecily Strong, Busy Phillips, and Rita Moreno in a conversation that has become increasingly more difficult in the wake of the overturning of Roe v. Wade and the new legislation aimed at banning all forms of abortions. And moving on to a much lighter topic, with the likes of Kate McKinnon, A.D. Bryant, and Pete Davidson departing last season, Saturday Night Live will feature some new faces this fall. Marcello Hernandez, Molly Kearney, Michael Longfellow, and Devin Walker will join the late-night sketch show. Kearney, who also appears on Amazon Prime's A League of Their Own series, will be making history as the first non-binary cast member in the show's storied existence. Creator and longtime SNL producer Lorne Michaels hinted earlier this week that an announcement was forthcoming and told reporters at Monday's Emmys that there are new people and things are changing and a different generation comes into the show. Season 48 of Saturday Night Live premieres October 1st on NBC. Can't wait to see what this new crop of comedians has in store for all of us. And all right, time to watch the throne. Before you tune in to Queen Elizabeth's funeral on Monday, let's catch you up on the latest developments and, of course, drama in the royal family. Leading up to Queen Elizabeth's funeral, the royal monarch will continue to be honored and memorialized throughout the UK. We've seen the royal family continue to carry out their duties while paying tribute to her. And we've seen Harry and William come together with the rest of the royals in this difficult time, despite all the tension that still exists. As always, our round-the-clock royals coverage does not stop here at People. And today we bring you the latest on everything to know before the queen is laid to rest on Monday. Joining me now is People Editor Stephanie Petit. Hey, Stephanie. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, as we mentioned this whole week, we've seen the royal family travel and meet with people all over England who expressed their condolences. King Charles and Queen Consort Camilla were in Wales today to attend a service of prayer. Prince William and Kate Middleton were in Sandringham yesterday, which we know was a special place for the queen and and continues to be one for the family. And now Harry and William have something planned to do together. So tell us more about this. Yeah, that's right. The Eight grandchildren of Queen Elizabeth will be at a vigil at her lying in state on Saturday. And of course, William and Harry will be there. The brothers are expected to stand at opposite ends of her coffin, which is lying in state at Westminster Hall. And they'll be wearing military uniforms at the king's request. Now, of course, Harry wearing a military uniform was a big subject this week. Of course, he toured twice in Iraq. He had a 10-year career in the British Army. But he's been wearing just a regular suit. But for this particular event, they're going to have Prince Harry wear his military uniform. So that will be really special. Oh, wow. Yeah. A lot of people did point that out. Like, wait, he, he's the military guy. Why is he in a suit? There's also talk surrounding Harry's kids, Archie and Lily's titles. We know they're entitled to prince and princess titles now. Now, but is that the same case for the HRH titles? I remember a lot was made of those titles when it came to Harry and Meghan stepping back in 2020. So what do we know here around how the titles are working for the kids. So we know that Harry and Meghan have their HRH titles still, but they are not using them in any official capacity. Archie and Lily don't have those titles, so they would have to be given by the king. And we've talked about this a little bit, but 
Archie and Lily, now that their grandfather is the monarch, they might get prince and princess titles. There is a rule in place that that is the case. But right now, the royal family has updated their line of succession on their website, but they don't have prince and princess titles with Archie and Lily's names right now. But it's it might be up to Meghan and Harry. They might not say we want them, or it might be up to King Charles. At this point, we don't really know if they will use those prince and princess titles. Got it. Well, let's talk about the funeral. Where is it? Who will be attending? And is it true that this is the first state funeral happening in England since 1965? Yeah, apparently the last state funeral in England was held for Winston Churchill, and that was all the way back in 1965. And of course, this will be a huge gathering. They're expecting over 2,000 people from around the world. I mean, world leaders, royal families from different countries. They're all going to gather at Westminster Abbey on Monday for this big state funeral. And after that, the Queen's body will be transferred to St. George's Chapel at Windsor Castle, where she spent the last couple years of her life. And there will be a committal service. And that will be attended by a smaller group of people. It will be the family, as well as some of her beloved staff that have been by her side through all of this. And then, of course, she'll be buried. And that will be private. They are just going to have the family. It won't be televised. And the burial, she'll be reunited, of course, with Prince Philip, as well as her mother, her father, and her sister. So that will be really special. Oh, wow. So her final resting place will be with her late husband, Prince Philip. Yeah. Of course, his funeral was last year in April 2021. He was in the royal vault beneath St. George's Chapel, but he'll be moved to be beside his wife after her burial on Monday. Got it. Got it. So for those looking to watch the funeral, where will they be able to do that? Yeah. So if you have cable TV, there's going to be live coverage of the funeral on all the major networks, NBC, CNN, ABC, and Fox News. Additionally, the the funeral will be televised in the UK on BBC One, BBC News, and Sky News. The funeral is expected to begin 11 a.m. local time. So that's 6 a.m. here on the East Coast. So set your alarm for a nice and early morning and get that coffee ready. Well, even earlier than that, if you're on the West Coast like me, I'm I might just, you know, stay out all night and come in and watch what's going on. Right? Yeah, you might as well not even bother going to sleep. Seriously. And of course, you guys, we will be covering every part of this funeral on this podcast on Monday. We will be publishing early so you can have the latest details as soon as possible. And Stephanie, thank you so much for coming on to discuss this all with me and Godspeed going into this weekend and Monday, of course. Ah, yes. Thank you. We'll need it. We're very busy. I know with all the Queen coverage, it seems like a lot of things got lost in the shuffle, but you didn't think we'd forget about New York Fashion Week, did you? Coming up, we are joined by our own fashionista, Andrea Laventhal, to break down the biggest stories from on and off the runway. But first, with fixtures like Ellen and Wendy Williams having left the daytime talk show space, there were some pretty big shoes to fill until this week. We're catching you up on the new class of daytime divas that just premiered when we come back. around. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters and 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Daytime TV welcomes some new faces this week with the launch of two highly anticipated shows, The Jennifer Hudson Show and Sherry, Sherry Shepard's show, which, as we have reported on in the past, has taken the Wendy Williams daytime slot. Well, here to talk with us about these talk shows is People.com's associate TV editor, Dory Jackson. Dory, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Let's start with Jennifer Hudson. She had an emotional opening to her show. Not only was it her premiere date, but it was also her 41st birthday. So let's take a listen. First of all, thank y'all for being here at the Jennifer Hudson show. Oh my God. Woo! It's an emotional time and day for me because this is my first show. And just know when you see me, you're going to see my heart. And I hope you feel my heart. And that's why I'm emotional right now. I didn't know I was going to get here and cry. But. His dreams coming true for dream girl Jennifer Hudson. Tell us about her first week on air and what we can expect from Jennifer's show. Yes, and what a way to kick off her show this week. This show began in syndication on September 12th. And the first episode being on her birthday, the audience sweetly sang Stevie Wonder's version of Happy Birthday to her. And she actually told Ryan Seacrest on his morning show that this was a dream come true. It was such a surreal feeling that she had to process in the moment as it was happening. And she's had a bunch of celebrity guests come in to help get her launch week started from Simon Cowell, as well as Magic Johnson, Henning Waddingham, Viola Davis. They're among just a bunch of stars that are coming in. And with Jennifer, one of the clips I really liked was her conversation with Hannah Waddingham about just not wanting to date someone who can sing better than them. They're both singers. They're both single. But they're like, that is on our do not fly list. If you can sing better than I can, we're not going to work out. I get it. (laughs) Her conversation with Simon in particular was actually very interesting to me because it's their first official sit down since she was eliminated on American Idol, which she used to be a judge on and he actually said it was a poor choice of song that likely contributed to her elimination which is so wild he's still giving the zingers all these years later that was 2004 and what's her vibe like what is she bringing to this space she's bringing personality which we expected she's bringing fun and i feel like people are really gonna love watching the show and just love getting to know her on a different side I know. I'm excited. But let's move on to Sherry. You and I both spoke with her about the new show and the excitement she had to get out there and be in front of everyone again. And on the premiere of her show, she revealed that she got some advice from a true veteran. Let's take a listen. Oprah just started giving me all of this advice. We talked on the phone for an hour. And um, Oprah, I had to take notes. I took 15 pages of notes. Because, you know, when the Oracle, I mean, Oprah, when when Oprah speaks, you take notes, and my hands started crapping up, so I had, while she was talking, I was taking potassium and magnesium, because my hands, my fingers, 
I mean, Oprah, come on. And and I love the fact that there are three Black women just taking over daytime right now. Sherry, Jennifer, and Tamron Hall all kind of filling this space. So it's, it's really dope. How did she present herself to the audience? So Sherry officially made her debut with her talk show on the same day as Jennifer Hudson's show, which is an interesting start, but there is no hard feelings there. Like Sherry actually told me specifically, like she's rooting for Jennifer. She's rooting for Tamron. So they're all in this together. And her premiere episode was actually full of so many celebrity cameos. Like stars were wishing her luck in this video message that featured Rosie O'Donnell, Garcelle Bouvier, Rachel Lindsay, Tracy Morgan, and so many other huge names. And for her first guest this week, she welcomed in Candy Burris from Real Housewives of Atlanta and comedian Kim Whitley. And this, of course, comes after she spent most of this year and a little part of the end of last year co-hosting Wendy Williams' show when Wendy was out dealing with health problems. And sadly, at this time, Wendy actually just checked into a wellness center this week. So her health is going in an interesting direction right now. Oh, wow. Well, with Sherry, what's her vibe? We got a taste, as you said, when she was hosting Wendy. But what is she doing differently? Sherry is a comedian, and she's bringing those jokes, and she's bringing that personality that we all love. And We talked about this, too, when I spoke with her a bit ago when she was making the big move from L.A. to NYC. And she wanted to basically make sure that she was just being herself because she wasn't necessarily doing that with her first show that was a little bit more short lived. And I think that's going to carry her farther this time. I'm excited. And Dora, we we have another one joining the group next week, Karamo, another person of color heading up daytime. Karamo launches his show on the 19th. So just so much happening in this space. Thank you for coming on and reminding me I need to get all of this on my DVR. <laughs> of course. Thanks for having me again. There are many things I love about the Big Apple, like, you know, the people, the food, and the fashion. This week, New York Fashion Week took over NYC, and as you can imagine, it was everything. Madonna was there with her kids Rocco Ritchie and Lourdes Leon. Uh, Kourtney Kardashian and hubby Travis Barker gave us steamy PDA, as they're wont to do, while sitting front row at a show. And uh, Kanye West had a Kanye moment after arriving late and walking right through a show just to get to his seat. And, oh, also this, Industry Baby made Anna Wintour crack a smile. Yeah, like I said, it was everything. Well, if you missed it, you're in luck because people's very own fashion and style maven is here to press rewind on this year's biggest and most buzzed about moments. Andrea Laventhal, welcome to the show. Hi. Fashion Week. It's it's known for pushing your imagination, you know, having people kind of think outside the box. So I was surprised when rapper Lil Nas X made his runway debut at the Coach Spring Summer 2023 show, but it gets even better. While sitting front row at the Vogue World Show, he began performing his mega hit, Industry Baby, from his seat. Here's a snippet of how it went down. Baby Ben, a couple day, couple Grammys on him, couple plaques, day. And you know you're doing something right when fashion godmother Anna Wintour smiles. She was even like moving along to the beat. So what did you think about this moment, Andrea? I think what has people buzzing first about him is that coach, right? Like you would never think in a million years that little Nas X 
would be the ambassador for Coach. And it just goes to show how like creative brands are getting with their collaborators. And I think if there's one thing you can say about Lil Nas X, he's really unique and has his own fresh style. So it makes sense, actually. But of course, he needs to perform. That's what we love watching. It's a lot of serious looking faces. And so bringing smiles, especially to the face of Anna Wintour. Woohoo! She's like, this is on my hot girl playlist, hot girl walk playlist. This is my song <laughs> to get around the block. There was also some Devil Wears Prada nostalgia as Anne Hathaway sat next to Anna Wintour during the Michael Kors show. And side note, we all know that film was in inspired from Wintour's idolized career in fashion. So Hathaway paid tribute to her iconic character by wearing a black turtleneck dress paired with a croc-embossed leather coat, just like Andy wore in the final scene of the film. It was life imitating art, art imitating life. I was like, what? Like, what's going on? Like, what year are we in? Is this a movie? Is this real life? Where's Meryl Streep? Whatever happened to Andy? Is she still freelancing? Did she and Nate break up? Probably. It just led to so many more questions that it did answers. But another surprise appearance that gave me all the feels was Serena Williams. She looked like a warrior princess as she strutted her stuff at the Vogue show. Uh, she's retired from tennis, but do you think a fashion dynasty could be in her future? Well, she has always famously loved fashion and has brought her flair for fashion to the court. So this is like a great natural move for her to focus some of her talent and attention on the the runway. And I think we're going to see a lot from her in a lot of different areas and fashion is just going to be one of them. Well, some of the trends I noticed were bright, bold hues, colorful metallics, uh, nods to the 90s and the ever popular barely there look. So what is the best way to incorporate, you know, some of that so some of the trends are starting to percolate now and it represents what you see, but really these collections were created like a full season ago. It's confusing, to be honest. But what I've been seeing right now that I think is such a funny trend is socks with, with like pumps, with like shoes. And it reminds me of the 80s when there was like those sheer ankle socks with like lace and whatever. It was very like Madonna. I just saw Kate Hudson doing the trends at TIFF. A bunch of street style people were doing it, like the influencers at Fashion Week. And I just like think to myself, am I wearing socks with my shoes out in like the streets? Like what's going to happen to me? What what, what are the moms going to say at drop off if I get out of my SUV with like a nice ankle sock and a pump? So I'm on the fence. Another thing we saw on the runway, but we're also seeing right now, IRL is belly buttons are having a moment. A lot of the designs on the runway were like shirts or jackets buttoned up to right below the like breastbone. And then it's like belly button centric, probably a trend I'll be sitting out. But if you remember at the Emmys, Julia Garner wore the Gucci dress with the belly button cut out. It was free the nipple for a while. Now it's free the belly button. Let's get to someone who everyone was excited to see. Linda Evangelista closed out the Fendi show. And this was her first show in 15 years. And, you know, this is just after opening up, a few months after opening up about that botched procedure of, you know, having cool sculpting and it just going wrong. So I feel like she's been given a second shot. She had said like she would never, you know, do anything like this again. And she felt like she wouldn't be able to because of how she looks. But I mean, there she is, right? Right. 
I think this is such like an inspiring kind of moment and it proves that fashion isn't as heartless and just about vanity. She's a legend. Yeah. Why wouldn't we lift her up right now and celebrate her and showcase her for the beauty that she is? Yeah. She still got that walk, man. Well, this show is a wrap, but now it's London Fashion Week coming up. Like, what are you looking for in London Fashion Week? And and is that something that you think will take trends in a different direction? What? Like a monumental, you know, global event, but to coincide the Queen's death with London Fashion Week, it's almost very confusing. Like, does the show go on? And I think Harris Reed proved yes. And you have the city be in mourning and the world's be in mourning, but also finds a way to kind of elevate it and pay tribute with all the glamour and excitement of Fashion Week. I think you'll see a lot of famous faces both at Fashion Week and paying their respects because I think it means a lot to them to be there and to do that. Andrea, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get a Meghan Markle, Kate Middleton moment, like like besties sitting next to each other at a fashion show, but a girl can dream, you know? Well, the weekend is here, and when 5 o'clock on Friday rolls around, I am like a lot of you out there. Oh, I want to dance with somebody. <laughs> And speaking of the new trailer for the Whitney Houston biopic, it just dropped. And you guys, it is everything. The new film, rightfully titled I Want to Dance with Somebody, stars Naomi Aki as Whitney. And based on this trailer, she looks amazing. It follows Whitney's rise to fame. My dream, sing what I want to sing, be how I want to be. I say a prayer with every heartbeat. Reach as big an audience as I can. Common criticism of you, your music isn't black enough. Look, I don't know how to sing black and I don't know how to sing white either. I know how to sing. In a recent interview with People, Naomi admitted that she was very nervous to play the incredible, multifaceted Whitney Houston. Aki elaborated further, saying, quote, She's been elevated in my life for so long that it felt like an impossible thing to achieve at times. But so many people told me the same thing. If I wasn't scared and nervous, they'd think something was wrong with me. The biggest challenge was letting my fear of the magnitude of this task take a back seat. Nothing good comes from sitting in fear for too long. That's the truth. The film seriously looks so stunning and just so Whitney. And of course, you see a clip of her legendary rendition of the national anthem at the Super Bowl. I might have just heard the greatest voice of her generation. This trailer is giving me chills, you guys. I Want to Dance with Somebody also stars Stanley Tucci as Clive Davis and Ashton Sanders as Bobby Brown and was penned by Anthony McCartan, who wrote the 2018 Freddie Mercury biopic Bohemian Rhapsody. You remember that one. The film hits theaters December 21st, and I can promise you that I will be there. Whitney was and always will be an absolute queen. And 
Speaking of queens, Monday is the funeral for Queen Elizabeth. I got to remind you, and my alarm clock is already set. We here at People Every Day will be up to watch this to bring you all of the details from this historic day. So be sure to keep your eyes peeled on Monday for an early release of this show. Thanks again for listening to us this week, and I'll talk to you all again on Monday for our special episode of People Every Day. <laughs> 